You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Hello, who's that speaking, please? This time we'll be talking about the kinks face-to-face. In the room I have Rob, Ben, and Adam. Uh, Face-to-face is a fourth studio album by the English rock band The Kinks, released on the 28th of October 1966. The album was uh, released on Pyre Records in the UK and Reprise Records in the US, and was produced by Shelley Tommy. The genre is rock, baroque pop. One of the premier English rock bands of the British invasion in the 1960s, the Kinks were formed in Munswell Hill, North London in 1964 by brothers Ray and Dave Davies. They emerged during the height of the British rhythm and blues and Mercy Beat movement, but after a mid-year tour of the United States, the American Federation of Musicians refused permits for the group to appear in concerts, therefore the next four years effectively cutting off the Kinks from the main market for for rock music at the height of the British invasion. A significant stylistic shift in the Kinks music became evident in late 1965. These recordings exemplified the development of Davies' songwriting style and hard-driving rock numbers towards songs rich in social commentary, observation, and idiosyncratic character study, all with a unique English flavor. Ray Davies suffered a nervous breakdown over touring, writing, and ongoing legal squabbles just prior to the major recording sessions for Face to Face album. But during his months of recuperation, he wrote several new songs and pondered the band's direction. In July 1966, the single Sunny Afternoon reached number one in the UK, displacing the Beatles' paperback writer, and the song's great popularity proved to Ray and the Kinks' manager that the group could find success with the style, this style of songwriting. So what did we think of the Kinks face-to-face? It's just so good. I'm a big Kinks fan. It's like fan. stunningly good record. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, I, I just put us on and after like a few songs, I, I didn't have this record, I got a bunch of their stuff, but I was familiar with some of the stuff. Uh, the social commentary is so snide, but well-delivered. This, this album's 52 years old, and it still feels like... These songs still make sense and still sound as cool as you can get. <laughs> it definitely marks a turning point for them too, like you mentioned that. But going from like a, you know, like you really got me and all day and all the night, and just like that like garage rock stuff to this more like mid tempo melodic, socially conscious, yeah. still rocking stuff, and they were like from from this point until probably like seventy one or seventy two. They're just like this like golden era they just could do no wrong you know and uh actually i'm less familiar with this record than than other ones uh this this project was the first time i really just sat down and listened to it from start to finish but it's it's a cool it's an interesting choice like 
it's not my favorite one of like what you'd consider like their golden era, but it's a cool because it, it, it marks that, that transition, that left turn that they're doing. I think compared to so many other groups at the same time, it has such a distinct voice that is just theirs. I think that's what struck me. Yeah. I've, I've, I talk about the Kinks to a lot of friends. I forget which <laughs> I forget which friend was was talking to me about this. I think it was someone I work with. We're both fans, and she said uh, something that stands out about the Kinks is uh, so many of these British bands are doing their best to sound like American rock, and the Kinks sound quite British. Like yeah. like from the vocals, the musical stylings, yeah, to the lyrics. Yeah, um, I I haven't really listened to much Kinks. I mean, I, I know the hits and everything, and uh, this is the first time I actually sat down with one of the records. So from start to finish, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, <clears throat> I, I had noticed, uh, if you listen to the song Dandy, um, All Your Little Lies would rhyme so much better with... Uh, all the other guys, or whatever the other... He, he changes it to girls. I swear on all this holy, though, this song, that song was originally about a dude uh, just trolling and eating out other dudes. It's not out of the world ho- or the wheelhouse not to, to sing about that. Like, even the first track on, on this album, you know? Is yeah. she big? Is she small? Is she even a girl at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the, the, the kickoff of Party Line. I mean, it's a, it's a great, you know, just introduction to the album, for oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gets it, gets it going, gets it moving, and yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. You typically, when you think of the Kinks, you think of like a couple of different eras. At the first, you know, like rocking British Invasion Kinks, but then you start thinking about this, and I think they had the same sort of thing that the Beatles had going, where they started off one way and then they started developing into their own ideas and and said, yeah, that was cool for then but now we're we're going to show something a bit different and getting to get into a little more uh lyrically interesting uh uh writing and totally. later into the concepty stuff like village green yeah you know like that where they really to take this idea of their social commentary and then actually turn it into a a concept mm-hmm. record and i mean like but that's the thing is that their their stuff their garagey stuff. I remember the first time I heard the Kinks was on a Starburst commercial where they played all day and all the night and I was like, "What is this? This is the coolest song I've ever heard." <laughs> I was maybe like 7 or 8 years old and it's just it was like damn, like this is what music sounds like. <laughs> Chunky power chords. Yeah, yeah. well I just yeah. never had like I just I was like seriously like somewhere between seven and nine and I just never heard music like that you know and it was just like this is like cool (laughs) this is what cool is Exiled from the United States for like most of the late '60s. Oh my God! And yeah. that would have 
it it definitely didn't do their career any favors, but it would have killed another band's career. Yeah, I yeah. think I I really thought about that too of of how different it would have been. I think the Kinks probably would have been we would think of them more popular today, right? They wouldn't be like right now, you know, like like there's like the Beatles and the Stones, and then there's the second tier where like the Who live and the Kinks live, maybe maybe the Animals. Well, and they they were comparing them to like the Beach Boys, the Birds, you know, that kind of yeah. level. And I think the Kinks, you know, I don't think they're in like the our popular sphere that a, a lot of the, those other bands are. I think they get they get pushed to the you really got me, and that's you know what mm-hmm. people most most think of. There's these years where, you know, we keep on or I keep on saying like they're like their golden era, like this middle era Kinks, where they're doing. A lot of people would say some of their most interesting stuff is the same time that they weren't able to come to the states. Yeah, you know, maybe it helped. <clears throat> maybe, maybe. You what know, you- it, it apparently his his. Uh, his anxiety, his kind of nervous breakdown, seemed to help to take a second and to to do a more concise record. Um, and I think they had also changed. Uh, I think it was a recording or their uh, producer. They basically were changing things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd had the same producer three for albums. the last three albums, and they all sound like crunchy grad rock albums. Yeah, and. They like their songwriting. Yeah. Their songwriting was different, and they wanted the recording process to be treated differently. They didn't think that their old guy could could have the the treatment that these songs needed. Yeah, they, overdubs. And, yeah, and yeah, the musicality. Do you think the harpsichord was just at the studio, or do you think it was originally <laughs> like, oh yeah, we need to put some harpsichord on this, buddy? And then second question: I Did think... they start touring with a harpsichord after they recorded this record? <laughs> no, I doubt they toured with. But harpsichord. I think that I do think that like it's one of those. He, I, I'm assuming that the harpsichord is being used because all these songs are about like posh British people, and like the harpsichord is associated with wealth. Also, I'm guessing that they, it's like he was like, we got to get like a fucking harpsichord in here for this song. <laughs> like, I, I just feel like that's how it happened. That's a guess. But hmm. I, I often I often when I hear stuff like that in rock music, I think the other way. Like when in uh, what's the what's the heart <laughs> song? Is it is it Magic Man that just has like a <laughs> ripping synth solo in the middle of it? Uh, yes. It, like I always think, like they've got the songs going into the studio and they're recording. And, like a few days in, like, oh shit, they've oh, that, got a big old synthesizer the, here. We need to use that. That mini mode is <laughs> just sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you, sometimes you have a song, and I'm definitely been thinking about this a lot, like because I've been in the studio for like three weeks. And sometimes you just have a song, and you're like, this is cool, but it's just missing something. We need to like ruin it a little bit, or weird, <laughs> or just make it weird. Let's like make it stand out a little bit. It's like put a little, you know feather in your cap or like a flower in your lapel just something yeah. to like zazz it up and flare flare and like you know you can have a song you're like it's good but it's missing something and um i think that sometimes the choices that come from that root where it's like maybe it's like a sort of straightforward song but the second that you add this one really strange sound into it it's like it's got this whole new life and i think that this record really struck me as having that going on whether it's like the what do they call it, like a raga there's like an indian oh mm-hmm. yeah fancy i think yeah fancy yeah and uh but like like that song like usually when the 60s record does the sitar kind of like 
Yeah. Oh, guys. Like, but I was like, I kind of like this one. It's actually a little, it's a little creepy. It's yeah. like a little, it, it's not just like drugs. <laughs> what, what, uh, what did you say in the intro? What was this uh, called as far as like the rock music? It was Baroque. Baroque, Baroque pop. Baroque pop is so what people Baroque, I think that's Baroque pop basically because either A, he came in with the idea of like, oh yeah, we need this harpsichord. Or there was a harpsichord there. It was like, oh, look at me. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, it's like the zombies fit into that category where it's just like very orchestrated. Pet and, sounds, era beats Yeah, wise. totally. Yeah. One thing I, I actually just noticed just right now sitting here, unlike most of their contemporaries that had careers at the same time, the Kings never really had a psychedelic phase. Like, they went from rock and roll to kind of this, like, what you call Baroque pop. It's always a little psychedelic, though. It's like, like, not yeah, always, It's got the often. stamp of the time on it, but, like, they, they never really went, like, like you said, they've got the song with a bit of a raga in it, but they never went, like, drugs. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think, and I think that's one of their strengths is that, like, it never sounds like, it never sounds dated to me. It's like, I feel like this could have come out last year you know it's like if you just like if you even tweaked it a little bit or like remastered it like you could trick people into thinking like this is some you know some band that's playing with like white reaper or something you know or it's just like because the garage has been back for five years or whatever it's like i just i mean it would be a really amazing band that everybody should check out but but like it just it has that quality that of not being just obsessed with their own time Are you little life? You're chasing all the girls. They can't resist your smile. Oh, they long for dandy, dandy. Shutting up the ladies, tickling the fancy, pouring out your charm to meet your own demands and turn it off at will. Oh. the most psychedelic thing about it is the album cover yeah and i don't i don't think it fits they didn't like it yeah yeah yeah. uh yeah ray davies also he 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 thought it was like a darker album he wanted a darker looking cover and they've got you know brightly colored waterflower watercolor uh butterflies yeah it's not a bad looking album cover goofy looking guy yeah (laughs) it looks like it it looks looks like like a money python uh, yeah it looks like a money (laughs) python like bumper you know uh I don't hate it. I just don't think it fits the feel of the music. It doesn't. No. It's definitely interesting when that happens. When you listen to an album and you... Like, the art definitely seems like a completely different thing. Well, I mean, that's how they knocked the Beatles out of the uh, first place. All the kids went like, oh, what's this groovy-looking record? <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, sometimes it's That kinks. Uh I was very impressed, though, that they knocked uh, Paperback Writer off the charts. It's a ripping song. Uh, with su- Sunny Afternoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a great song, but it's it's pretty impressive to to beat the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dang. <laughs> Good on them. And Sunny Afternoon's a, it's just a cool song. Like, mm-hmm. musically, it's really interesting. Lyrically, it's really cool. There's a reference to drinking an ice cold beer, which I always like. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. So apparently, the do you know why they got 
uh, booted from America. I heard it's, that it was something as minor as like the trash to hotel. Too good, I heard. Uh, the band's just too good. And they were like, we don't want competition. These foreigners coming in, taking that, our that music actually jobs. actually is kind of true. A really? little bit true. Oh, that sounds not, terrible. No, not specifically, but someone uh, apparently said, oh, oh, you think you're, you know, they were a little late. Uh, and they were like, oh, you think you're snotty-faced British people can just walk all over us because, you know, it was the British invasion. All these bands were coming through. And I guess someone kind of uh, raised a stink about that. It was also accredited to, I guess, Dick Clark's TV show. Uh, Ray Davies recalls an autobiography. Some guy who said he worked for the TV company just walked up, accused us of being late. Then he started making anti-British comments. Wow. So... (laughs) America, baby! Yeah, the amazing thing is it doesn't seem to ever be, like, no one can Clear. clear what... How do you get exactly. banned from a country without like any? It was all orchestrated by the Fifth Beetle guys. Oh. <laughs> this was this is subterfuge. George Martin. Yeah, the, that's right. The Beetle on the Hill. <laughs> the Beetle. So that's the what the song "The Man on the Hill" yeah. is about. Oh my God, we are figuring things out. <laughs> Cracked it. So, so you're saying the Beatles like, okay, we can't keep them out of England because they live here. <laughs> We can at least keep them out of the United States. Keep them out of the yeah. bigger market. <laughs> always, always keeping them in second place. Yeah, it was absolutely a George Martin move. Yeah, to, to have to have I, a single. I read that somewhere. To have a Game single knock the Beatles uh, paperback writer off the charts without tour support. It, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. In the, it was in the UK though. Oh, that was UK. Yeah, UK oh, right. charts. Yeah, yeah. So well, that makes. But that's more actually sense. maybe more impressive. Yeah. Uh, to hit the. UK charts like that. Um, at times, too, it said around this period they were some of them were having some tensions. And after one of the songs uh, in Wales, uh, finishing the song, "You Really Got Me," Davies uh, insulted Avery, kicked over his drum set. Avery responded by hitting Davies with his hi hat stand, rendering him unconscious <laughs> before fleeing the scene, fearing that he had killed his bandmate. <laughs> Wow. Davies was taken to uh, the hospital where he s- received uh, 16 stitches to his head. Um, but he later claimed that it was part of a new act in which the band members would hurl instruments at each other. <laughs> Take notes, Gallagher brothers. <laughs> wow, yeah. No, they did. <laughs> they did. I, and I was wondering, you know, maybe it's maybe it's kind of like The Who. They saw The Who and they are like, we need, to, we need to step this it up a little bit. You yeah. know, like, we need to... Have a little more uh, action on it's stage. Probably a little column A and little column B. Like yeah. they, they historically didn't get along that well. As much as you know, you, you love your brother. Ray and Dave Davies were historically were bumping egos. Uh, so you weren't here last time, but typically what we're doing now is we are going to say we are in a positive, in a neutral, or negative on the album. Got it. Way positive. So, yeah. Positive, man. Yeah. Of course, positive. Yeah, I'm also on the positive side of things. I think this is a great album. Definitely check it out if you are... Especially if you've only heard early kinks. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, this one... This one pushes them into a different genre. Yeah, and then it keep, almost sounds like a different band. Dude, keep listening. We're only getting stuff. started. If you look yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've, they've probably got a few of them in here, I bet, because it gets really good. I mean, like... This stuff is very creative. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Next Thank time, you. we will be talking about 
the mamas and the papas, if you can believe your eyes and ears. If you can I'd rather believe your eyes and ears. Yeah.